You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus have a plan for how they're going to build this team around Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears defense. The only question that remains, will it work? This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today and every day on the show today. We hear from new general manager Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus at their introductory press conference. We're not going to get into too much about, you know, winning the press conference per se, but more so some of the nuts and bolts. What we learned, some of their plans for this Chicago Bears team on both sides of the ball. Then get a ton of specifics and a ton of details, but it's something. And there's some different pieces in there we can sort of pull out as to what the plan is going to be and whether we feel like it's a good plan, whether we like the plan, whether we think there's some real potential there with that plan. So we'll hear from both of them on what they're going to do with this offense around Justin Fields, what they're going to do with this defense, and what some of the foundational pieces of this philosophy will be for this Bears team. If you notice, I might sound slightly different, and certainly if you're watching on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, you'll notice my background very different. As I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, made it down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl this week. Of course, today we're starting with the Bears press conference being the much more pertinent, fresh, new, big Bears news. And really, Tuesday through Thursday are the main Senior Bowl practices where we'll get to watch the players, talk to the players, get some interviews, and we'll turn our attention to a little bit more of the NFL draft-type content here in the coming days. But instead, I'm doing this podcast from the hotel room here in Mobile, so it's not my usual setup, but hey, the show must go on. The show is going on with, with Ryan Poles as the new Bears general manager, and we haven't gotten to hear much specifics yet about the new offensive coordinator Luke Getze and what he's going to do with Justin Fields and what he's going to do with this Bears offense but we did get a sense of some of the philosophy of of how they're going to try and build this team from the general manager on down particularly when it comes to this offense and I really thought the answer Ryan Poles gave when asked about you know what they're specifically going to do around Justin Fields was a lot of what Bears fans have been wanting to hear and strike some contrast, not so much to what we heard from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, but especially from what we saw on the field and on the roster from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Here's the new Ryan and his approach to building this Bears offense. I think it starts at the foundation in terms of the O-line and, and establishing that run game, which then leads to explosive plays. So we got to continue to work on that and get that to a level and I think you'll start to see more score, more points be scored and more efficiency, more explosive plays. Everything kind of plays off of that. So um, that's going to be a, a focal point. Building the offensive line and the running game to create explosive plays. Very specific and also I think a lot of what Bears fans have been wanting to hear, right? We get so frustrated over the years of of Matt Nagy not consistently sticking to running the ball and certainly the offensive line being a problem in Chicago. And all of this is to say that, yes, it's great that that Ryan Poles 
wants to do those things. We still need to actually, you know, see them happen and, and not just have it be a plan, but actually something that is executed and achieved at a high level. But certainly it's it's encouraging to feel like the people at the top have the right idea, or, or at least the, the idea that we're looking for. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised from a former Bears offensive lineman getting the general manager job, especially also when he rebuilt the offensive line in Kansas City and how big of a priority it was for them there. So all that's very good and it's sort of old school football style of like, yes, running the ball makes the quarterback's job easier, which then can open up things in the passing game. But I, I think the thing that struck me the most about Ryan Poles from this whole press conference, and that's sort of the the underlying theme here beyond just the words he actually said, is this balance he's able to strike between that sort of old school hard-nosed football style of like, yes, run the ball, be physical, and then also him being you know, a younger general manager, come up with multiple organizations, and also valuing the modern football game and understanding analytics and, you know, the modern trends and not just shooing any of those things away or dismissing them for, you know, whatever reason he might not like them. No, he, so he's able to sort of balance the running game and the traditional offensive line building that we're sort of looking for from a diverging from what we've seen in Chicago with how he's going to also add, say, data, for example, into that mix. And I really liked his answer on an analytics question, striking that along with the offensive line and the running game. In terms of analytics, absolutely. And I've been blown away. There's some great analytic people in here. We've had some, I mean, we've jumped down rabbit holes talking about different things we want to do. So I'm excited about that. It definitely is a part of our process. You know, it's challenging what our eyes see. And I think that's a beautiful thing about all the, the data that we have now is we can challenge what we see and then make the proper decision based off of that. I've always used the analogy, you know, I know how to get home, right? But I plug it into ways anyways, because it might tell me that there's an accident two miles up the road, I can go a different direction, I can still get home in a faster time. Why would we not use that information? So I believe in it and I'm excited to get started with it. Poll seems to me to have like the exact healthy balance and understanding of analytics right you can't outright dismiss them completely in, in the analogy he uses there it's absolutely phenomenal right of course like he, he's going to keep an open mind to it and that's exactly what you want you want there is a lot of great value that successful NFL teams are pulling from data and analytics as a part of their evaluation process of players and coaches and their whole organization and their roster and and polls seems very very willing to embrace that but clearly the football side like the football guy side of him the, the former player side the offensive lineman side knows that like he's not just gonna full-on dive into all of that and ignore some of the more conventional ideas and the things that his eyes tell him so it's, it's being able to balance that and say you know what I have these ideas in my brain about football here's what the data is saying and let's see how those things go align and where if if they are different why are they different and what can they do to get the best out of both of them as a result of those things being different? And that's just exactly what a team should do and how they should handle analytics. It's the perfect sort of balance there of, of getting the most out of analytics that you can, but not over relying on them and recognizing that they aren't foolproof and that there are limitations and perhaps sometimes flaws or just things that the data can't accurately perfectly measure and capture and that's where again his eyes like you talked about play a role into that and so I, I really think he's got that healthy understanding of, of how the team should be run in that regard and then balancing that with the offense with Justin Fields with the offensive line in the running game again everything we seem to be looking for here from this Bears organization it's all about okay executing it from there but at least hey first steps out of the gate 
laying down a pretty good foundation for a pretty good plan for this Bears offense and the team as a whole. Also getting a little bit more of a sense of what they're going to do defensively with Matt Eberflus having worked in a number of different schemes. He didn't lay out everything for us, but looks like this Bears defense might be transitioning back to some sort of a 4-3 instead of a 3-4. We'll get into, well, first we'll hear from the head coach and then get into some of those particular differences when it comes to this Bears defense next on Locked On Bears. We might not have as much football to watch each and every week coming up on the last game of the postseason, but our friends at Bet Online have way more odds and info. Really, they've had it throughout the whole playoffs, but now especially for the big game. From scores, totals, player performance, props, to where the next coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022, especially the big game. There are so many different ways to play it and make it that much more fun for you know your party with your friends if you want to have some more stakes on the game and make it that much more exciting. Bet Online is the place to do it. And it's not just for football. They've got basketball, hockey, soccer, boxing, UFC, and all of their coverage is the best of the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online is where the game starts. This Chicago Bears defense is going to start looking at least a little bit different this coming season with Matt Eberflus bringing his 4-3 scheme from the Indianapolis Colts to a Chicago Bears roster that has been a 3-4 team ever since Vic Fangio took over in, what was that, 2015 after Mel Tucker left? It's been a 3-4 base defense for the last that seven years now of this defense, and all of a sudden that is going to be some level of transition, and this is something that can so easily get overblown. And so I want to start first with Matt Eberflus's sort of short answer as to asking, you know, hey, is this is going to be a 4-3 defense, 3-4, how you want to balance those things. And, and then we can get in a little bit more specifically why it's not nearly as a big deal as you might think it is or as Bears fans are certainly going to make it out to be at first. And we'll, we'll try and really sort of tap the brakes on any sort of panicking or worry about drastic changes happening in this Bears defense. First, though, Coach Eberflus gets to explain his side. Yeah, so this is this will be the third time that we switch, you know, from a, a three-four to a four-three, or that I've been involved in that switchover. Um, but will we have elements and pieces of a three-four? Sure, we have that. We're going to adjust and move and be flexible. Uh, we're going to look at the talents and skill level of the players we have, and we're going to coach and develop those guys, and we'll fit our scheme around those players. But the foundational pieces won't change in terms of how we play. First and foremost. You know, in other parts of the press conference, which was like an hour and a half long, I can't play the whole thing for you here on the podcast. He talked a lot about, you know, they're not going to just force individual players into schemes, right? They're going to build the plays and the schemes and the formations and everything around the talent of the players that they do have. So I guess that's the first point is that even if which we'll get into that even if there were drastic differences in 4-3 versus 3-4 and, and whether or not players are going to fit in those things, they're not just going to take someone and move them to a position where they don't, where they're not comfortable or not going to be able to be successful. That's not, that's not the plan that these guys are laying out. And I, so I think along with that, then it's important to remember that the differences between the 4-3 and the 3-4 are very limited. And also specifically in Eberflus's scheme, it's not going to be, all that drastic of a change. So first and foremost, in 
The Colts' defense under Eberflus in the last few seasons, they've been among the league leaders in the NFL in percentage of their snaps in their nickel defense package with four down linemen and two linebackers. That's exactly what the Bears' nickel... I mean, every team's nickel packages are essentially the same alignments, right? Whether whether the outside linebackers are standing up or have their hand in the dirt, they're in the exact same position, whether it's a 4-3 team with, outside, or with defensive ends or a 3-4 team with outside linebackers when they're in the nickel. The two interior guys are pretty much in the same spots. The edge guys are standing at pretty much in the same spots. And the linebackers have almost exactly the exact same roles. And so 70-plus percent of the time, uh, Ibraflus' defense stays in that nickel package anyway with a six-man front. And so it's not going to be, it's going to be literally no different for any of the guys up in that. I mean, maybe sometimes it would be more of Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack with their hands in the dirt, but lo and behold, both of them played a lot of their careers in four, three defenses with the hand in the dirt. So it shouldn't be a particularly huge transition for them. Same thing with some of the interior defensive linemen. You know, in that nickel package, typically your defensive line has a nose tackle at a one technique and a defensive tackle at a three technique. Well, that's what the Bears nickel has looked like in a three, four under Vic Fangio, or I guess, and then Chuck Pagano and then Sean Desai, right? Same same alignment for the defensive line. So it's, it's not going to be any sort of different responsibility there. Linebacker spot, the difference might be that, you know, instead of having three defensive linemen on the interior, you're going to have an extra, you're going to have three off-ball linebackers. And so you are adding a player in some of those packages a very small percentage of the time to that end. But the linebackers the Bears do have, you know, with Roquan and Dan Javathan, depending on what's going to happen with him, and certainly Alec Ogletree, right? Like the off-ball linebacker in the 3-4 tends to be a little bit more fluid and a little bit, you know, shifting in terms of lining up in a lot of different gaps and having to be responsible for any and all different ways the play could go. It's not like, it's not so much like the 4-3, you think like Brian Urlacher as the middle linebacker, and he's responsible for the middle, where it's, that's why in the 3-4 we call them inside linebackers, because inside can be pretty much anywhere in between those offensive tackles as opposed to like Erlacher's middle linebacker position is it's much more even more limited right to more like between the guards tends to be generally speaking where where they line up and so then the outside linebackers might span a little bit wider but even in the three four right we've seen Roquan Smith have to go out and cover the slot a little bit or even Danny Trevathan is not going all the way to the slot but they're lining up farther outside of the box in that defense. So it's not it's not going to be asking your linebackers to really do anything brand new. It's not going to be asking your defensive ends slash edge rushers to be doing anything brand new. And it's not going to be asking your defensive tackles to be doing anything brand new. The, the entire front seven will look different in exactly the arrangement they all happen to be in compared to how they happen to be in Sean Desai, Vic Fangio defense. But their responsibilities, like as far as learning new things, like of course, Matt Eberflus is going to have new terminology and new play calls, but like, the actual like football skills, fundamentals of what they're being asked to do, no matter how they're going to call it, what the play is going to be or or what the terms are going to be. You're not asking Roquan Smith to learn a new way to play linebacker. You're not asking Khalil Mack to learn a new way to play edge rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker. You're not asking, I guess I was going to say Akeem Hicks, but he not be back, but Eddie Goldman, he might not be back either. I'm not going to ask Bilal Nichols, I guess, to, to learn a new defensive line technique a new defensive line front right it's not it doesn't have to be this crazy brand new transition for anybody involved so not only is it infrequent when they might line up differently but also when they do line up differently it's not going to be that much of an ask for the players already on the roster plus like Iberflu said there's elements of the 3-4 there it's a little bit more of a hybrid front sometimes you know they might stand up 
Mack and Quinn, or they might bring another linebacker down and might show some different things up front. They're not just going to be Levy Smith 4-3 defense, same guys line up in the same position, and you just rotate new bodies in there on the defensive line, right? It's, it's, it's much more fluid than that in the front seven, and that's what I'm expecting from this Bears defense. If anything, maybe it will be more comfortable for Robert Quinn, and and I think Khalil Mack can kind of do whatever, but like that was one of the questions when Quinn first came over. It's like, he hasn't really played much stand-up outside linebacker in his career. Certainly figured it out last year and set the franchise record and all that, so like maybe bad timing to switch him back to a 4-3, but more so like we've seen him be great in the 4-3. Now we've seen him be great in the 3-4. He can do both, right? I, I don't think that's been... Relevant in how well he's produced has not been necessarily related specifically to the scheme. It's more so what is the coach going to ask of him in terms of you know run support and uh, run defense and pass rushing and stunting and looping and and how often is he going to get chipped by tight ends and all the other things that are separate from how specifically is he aligned on the play. So hopefully trying to calm any of the uneasiness or panics too too extreme of a word for like a four three three four switch, but like it just feels like one of those like sports radio talking points, but like. Football people know it's not a huge difference, and hopefully that's that's what I'm trying to convey to you is that to say, hey, we're going a little bit deeper than that here on the Locked On Bears podcast. I want to go a little bit deeper also into some of the philosophies of Eberflus, and again, not trying to get into too much of this like, did they win the press conference and say all the right things? But I, I did really like some of the specific details of, of of his plan for how to instill the type of culture leadership and philosophy he wants this Bears team to have. We'll go through the the HITS method, the acronym, and some of the different things we've been able to pick up about Matt Eberflus next on Locked On Bears. The new GM and head coach are still getting to know all of the different parts of this Chicago Bears roster and organization. And if, if you need to get to know some new parts, then our friends at rockauto.com are the place for you. They've got the largest selection anywhere I've seen online of auto parts. Their catalog is incredible. It's super deep, but it's also really easy to navigate. That You just enter in your car's make and model and boom, pulls up all the different parts available for your vehicle, and then you can sort between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. It'll save you time to be able to find exactly what you're looking for. It'll save you money. Because when you go to the auto parts store, most of the time, those people are just looking up things on their computer and ordering it for you anyway. And rockauto.com's prices are up to twice as, or up to the auto parts stores are up to twice as much as what you can pay at Rock Auto. It's up to half as off, half off with Rock Auto compared to paying some of the overhead fees of those traditional storefronts and a cashier and employees and all that different stuff. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers and do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Their parts are the same for everybody. You're not getting a special deal if you're a mechanic or you know some kind of in in the industry. It's same prices for everybody, always reliably low. So head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you get to their How Did You Hear About Us box, write in the words locked on so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. One of the things we knew about Matt Eberflus when the Bears hired him was, was how he's known more for like culture and leadership and fundamentals as opposed to specifically like genius innovator X's and O's guy, right? Not that he's a bad X's and O's guy, but like he's known for the players buying in and trusting him and buying into each other and having that sort of feel among that team. And so I was curious, you know, how well he would be able to communicate that at a press conference and, and how well it would go over, not necessarily like for the players, but like for, for me, for you, for anybody listening, you know, does it feel 
hollow? Does it feel like buzzwords? Does it feel like, you know, all talk? You know, is it just sort of saying what he's supposed to say and what you want to hear? Does it feel like there's some substance behind it? And, you know, I really tried to go into it open-minded. And I I was left, I think, the the, the way I was left at the end was like, it, it felt in the similar vein to what Dan Campbell did for Detroit in that press conference, just like without the coffee. Right. Without the people were making the jokes about, um, you know, like hard drugs that go in your nose, for example, you know, like those kind of things. Like like Matt, like Matt Campbell came out or Matt Campbell, Dan Campbell, Matt Campbell's at Ohio at Iowa State. Dan Campbell, Dan, the man Campbell at the, the Lions came out saying, and we're going to bite their kneecaps off and we're going to get up. And I mean, he just it was this like felt really like almost fake bravado, tough guy, like we're going to be tough and here's how tough and hyped up and energetic we are right and it was just like it was it like it was it felt like a gimmick like it felt like a joke in Detroit like I felt bad for Lions fans like oh this guy like I yeah is that gonna go over well is it just feels like NFL players are like adults and men who, who need to be just treated like normally and this felt more like showy with with Dan Campbell in Detroit and so like Eberflus to me felt like some of the things that Campbell was trying to get across that are like legitimate and valuable without any of that extra just over the topness, and that's what I really appreciated about Eberflus. And then, more specifically, as we're about to hear here, how much he talks about measuring things and things that we don't necessarily typically think of measuring. And like with Dan Campbell, when he talks about we're going to be tough and we're going to be physical, well, what does that mean? You know, how, how can you tell? How are you going to be able to enforce that and hold people accountable for being tough and physical? And it seems like Matt Eberflus, he's got a much more of a plan for like how everyone's going to be on the same page and therefore how you're going to be accountable and how everybody's going to buy in to his foundational philosophies. People always ask, say, hey, how do you get a football team to play hard, to play fast, to play physical, to know exactly what they're supposed to do? How do you do that? You know, that's always a question that I get asked and it's a, it's a foundational piece. So what we want to do is build the foundation, okay? In this first year, we want to build this foundation of what we're going to look like. Okay, of what Chicago fans, alumni, okay, can be proud of. And the foundational pieces are hustle, effort. We're going to be an effort-based team. Okay, that's the number one piece. And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance that are going to be detailed. Every single rep, every single practice, every single game. It's going to be an effort-based team. So that's the H part, okay, to our HITS principle. Okay. The next thing is the I. The I is intensity. We will play with maximum intensity. That's focus, okay, mental focus and intensity, but also physical focus and intensity. The toughness we're talking about for the Chicago Bears, it's a hitting physical style. Offense, defense, kicking. So that's going to be the second foundational piece. And we'll measure those. We have ways to measure them and be very detailed with those. The next T is taking care of the ball and taking the ball away. It's all about the ball. It's all about the ball. That's the most important thing for winning and losing is taking the ball away and protecting the football. So that's the T. And then the last one is S, okay, is being smart situational players. So smart is really being what? No pen, no stupid penalties. Make sure we're squared away with the penalties. Should be in the top five every year in penalties. Okay, the next thing is situations, okay? Being great in red zone, third down, two minute, okay, backed up and being smart situational players. So hustle, intensity, taking care of the football, taking it away, and being smart situational players. Those will be the foundational pieces that we can measure, and I'm excited about getting to work with the coaches 
okay? Once we get our coaching staff in here and developing that with the coaches, okay, and also developing it with the players. What we heard from Iberflus there echoes a lot of what we heard from, was it on last week's podcast with Evan Sidery from Locked on Colts, who broke down what he, everything we kind of knew about Iberflus from Indianapolis, from covering the team. If you haven't heard that podcast, please make sure you go back and listen to it because there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And it was sort of a sneak peek of some of the things Iberflus talked about there. But something Evan added on that that's in the same family of that hits, the H-I-T-S that Iberflus was just talking about there, was that in Indianapolis, Iberflus had what was called, I don't think Evan called it a, a loaf chart. And I was like, loaf chart? Like when, when they see somebody loafing, on tape, not not sprinting as hard as they need to, not hustling the way they should, not finishing the play to the whistle, goes up on a board, goes on a chart, and every player can see it. And it's not so much like, you know, trying to single out anybody, but it's just everyone's holding everyone accountable. And that's how you get everyone to buy in. And it's, it's another one of those ways of like, you know, how you measure it, right? You're not like measuring, it's not like an analytics thing where it's like, you know, miles per hour ran in a game and who's running the most miles per hour to show the most effort. No, it's just like, are you seeing it on tape? Are these guys giving effort or not? And 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 being deliberate about tracking that when you do see it and when you don't see it and, and how that really does seem to be the types of foundational things you're looking for in, in a head coach and be, to be able to instill a philosophy, an idea, a, a foundation for how a team should be and should be run. And I think that's that's great and it's encouraging and it's refreshing and I think it's it's very different or it's not drastically different, but it just, I don't know, it felt, it did feel contrasting to some of just the ways Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy would talk about things where it just tended to be a lot of like, trust us, you know, like we're going to, we're going to dig into the whys and we're going to find out why, and then we're going to fix it. And more like with Iberflus, it's like, no, we're going to measure it and we're going to have data. Like we're going to be able to look at this measurement and say, see, here's how we're doing. Here's, here's how we're accomplishing it because we are actually measuring it and we'll have some way to be able to hold it up and have accountability and all those different things that just never quite fully felt like they were there under Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Again, is that does that equal Super Bowl then? <laughs> is, is is that it? We don't know, right? That's that's the whole point. That's what we're looking to figure out. And I'm not ready to just like crown Eberflus as like this genius head coach who's therefore he won the press conference and is going to lead the Bears to the playoffs, the Super Bowl, and all these different things. Certainly, Ryan Poles and the personnel are going to play a factor in that. And I also think, you know, there there is also more to football than just leadership and toughness. Those are all really good things that the Bears have been lacking and we want to see more of. And I think it's part of why we saw Eberflus get hired in the first place. But I'm curious to see if the X's and O's and on the field production then follows that. Because you could see a scenario where, you know, they band together and they have a good, good talent. And then, you know, the new offensive and defensive coordinators add some wrinkles in there and boom, it all works to a magical formula. You could also see where it's like, you know, they could still be a disciplined, well-run leadership team. But you could see there being a ceiling there or or a lower ceiling. Like it feels, you can see where like this this foundation feels like a high floor where it's like this is not a team that's going to like implode and you know win four games and have fights in the locker room because there's no structure or leadership, right? That's all going to be there. It's just a matter of what the ceiling is from there and that's going to be about personnel. That's going to be about coaching schemes and all those different things. And that's what I'm so excited to, to learn more about this offseason as we get to know Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles more. Certainly we'll be breaking them down as much as we can, as much information as we can get right here in the Lockdown Bears podcast coming at you five days a week. So I hope that you'll subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day. Every day the rest of this week, 
we'll, we'll be talking Senior Bowl. I mean, certainly if there's big Bears news in between, we'll, we'll get into some of that. But NFL draft prospects from a Bears perspective, some guys should be looking at. I'll try and get some guests on that are in person down here. So a rare in-person Locked on Bears podcast guest on the video form as well. I think I'm not going to make any specific promises just yet, but there's a, a lot of friends in the industry around here. I've already seen a couple of them since we've been down here. are going to try and get them on the pod. So lots of goodies this week. Hope you'll keep tuning in, keep coming back. And most importantly, I hope the Locked on Bears podcast helps you bear down.